Hey, welcome back to the Great Date Guy podcast. We're here with the season of wealth, and in the last episode, we uh, <laughs> we, <laughs> we talked about uh, why at this stage in our uh, in our country, and I think in the modern world, it's like really relevant right now to to develop that fuck you money, where you have the autonomy, you have the ability to create the lifestyle that you want. I think that money is important. It's not the end-all, be-all in relationships, but I do think that it's really good to leverage. Um, so with me today, I have a really good friend of mine, uh, a guy that I've known in high school, and the way that we met was we got into a fucking fight over my umbrella. And I punched that guy in the back of the head, and I'm really glad that he decided to be friends with me afterwards because that was, that was a really weird way to make friends. <laughs> and today... He is the owner of a successful marketing agency, LFDM. He's got multiple employees. Um, and really, it's kind of like remarkable seeing where he took his business in just the short amount of time. Even even if, over the course of the pandemic, it's been insane. I'm like jealous of his success. Um, so, yeah, with that, is there anything that you want to add? Anything that I missed about who you are in the world? I think it's normal to punch other people in the back of the head to become friends. I think that's totally what people do <laughs> in high school. <laughs> yeah, man, I was I was such a dick back then. I yeah, I'm glad I'm glad that didn't ruin the foundation of who we are for each other. Yeah, I mean, uh I think that there are aspects of life, especially growing up as a minority where frustration can really bubble. And maybe I recognize some of that when you did that. And you know, I obviously did it too because it was kind of aggressive that I I was just grabbing at your stuff. So my apologies there. Mm, dang. Okay, there's a healing dance happening. I feel like I need to, <laughs> I need to participate in this. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so uh, overall, like I, I think the thing that's fascinated me ever since we were in high school is your ability to seemingly naturally connect with anyone that you ran into and seeing you have a really natural interaction with someone who was working at a gas station who was like very grumpy very unhappy with the state of his life you had a conversation with him and it seemed to turn around and then i tried to do the same thing i remember this distinctly and he was he went back to being grumpy and was like what the fuck is howard doing and how do i learn to engage with people like that and i'm, I'm really left with that's that that's the sense that you bring to your business as well. That's how you approach marketing. Is that, does that feel like it's aligned with what you do? Yeah, I guess so. Um, I operate on basically the idea of how I wish the world would be. If that makes, makes sense. Hmm. Um, and somehow it's, it's really about a leap of faith and just trusting in something more natural. Like that example that you put in, that's that's interesting. I I don't know how I do that. <laughs> <laughs> I honestly don't. Um, I mean, I've never been really uh, a friendly-ish person. It's not like I had a million friends. I, that was never the case. But I guess like who, whenever I do talk to someone, I do talk to them like they are a friend, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, it's like trying to get through that initial protective membrane that everyone has and for me it's it's not saying the same common thing like hey how are you doing it's like hey man 
what's up with that? And then like uh, making observations. I think what, what it is, is uh, genuine curiosity. Mm. You ask questions that are genuinely, you're genuinely curious for the answer for, and that has to do with a lot of observation. Like usually I'm assuming in that example, which I don't recall whatsoever. <laughs> I, I was looking at something and I was like, whoa, what is that? And I was thinking that the whole thing. And then I probably got into the conversation with the dude, like, what's that about? And then I'm assuming he was like, yeah, that's this, this, and this. And then I put it in a context because uh, one of the things that I was trained in uh, in college was creative writing. And you always try to put yourself in the head of the character. And I think that's what was happening there because uh, that's my genuine curiosity. It's probably just been magnified with a lot of work. I'm going to guess. Dude. Yeah. I. I really like that answer because I feel like um, I feel like that took me a long time to figure out. Like I spent most of my college years and like well after that, just like how do I do that? And and in discovering that, like, hey, I'm asking questions about stuff that I don't really care about, or I'm being really polite. Like that was what stopped me from being able to connect with people. Mm -hmm. And. Man, there's so many different directions to go with this conversation, but I guess for the sake of the audience, like, would you, would you tell the story of like how you came to go from like the rock bottom place that we were talking about earlier before this recording even started yeah. to like where you are <clears throat> now? Cause your success is crazy. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I'm not yet, but I hope it will be crazy. <laughs> um, but, um, I think it, it's a penultimate struggle for a lot of people. Like, one of the most powerful addictive substances is a monthly paycheck. And it's so scary to get out of that. Um, and for me, like, I didn't have the benefit <laughs> of choosing uh, an alternative at, at some point. Uh, to put it, it in perspective, I've never been a good student. I'm always falling asleep in class. I don't know if we ever shared <laughs> class with Rob. Yeah. But I was always sleeping in class. Um, uh, I never really did homework because I didn't understand the necessity of it. And the context of everything just didn't make sense. Um, so uh, imagine putting someone who just sucks at listening to rules uh, and put them in a corporate environment. It, it never really works out very well. And again, you and I, we're, we're children of the Great Recession. And though I think you you probably made it uh, a little bit better off than I did. Um, I started from rock bottom right out of college, just like a lot of us did uh, when the economy collapsed. And uh, yeah, I was meandering for a while. But long story short, I found my chops uh, getting into digital marketing uh, just by accident. I, I started off as a customer service agent, did so well that a month later I was in the marketing department of a big e-commerce brand. And then uh, later on, I moved on to an agency life after I tried to become a YouTube star. <laughs> well, I remember that. Yeah. So um, <clears throat> after the YouTube thing, um, uh, it was mostly attributed to burnout. Uh, I went back into digital, went into an agency, and I worked there for about five years, but it was terrible. Like, there's no balance. There's no balance whatsoever where you're working like 12 hours a day and you're doing the job of 20 people. And I think it doesn't matter. Um, anyone who's in marketing knows about the multiple hat issue. But uh, over that course of time, I, I was not healthy. I was not happy. And uh, my habits were very, very bad. Like going out all the time um, just to blow off steam, um, eating too much. I became a foodie. 
instead <laughs> of a heater. And um, long story short, that what the culmination of stress ended up giving me uh, diabetes, which was terrible. Mm. And um, it was at that point, I knew I had to start getting out of there. So I, I started getting ready to leave uh, that agency. And then uh, all of a sudden, um, things look good. I had um, built good friendships and I had cured my diabetes. Like I, I took life by the horns and I was like, fuck you. <laughs> I'm tired of the medicine. I'm tired of this bullshit. And I, I did my own research at the National Institute of Health website and, and clear that out. And then um, one day I just, uh, as I was getting ready to slowly tiptoe away, because again, that, that monthly paycheck is really, it's, it's really scary to say no to a paycheck. It, like to ask yourself, what am I going to do is, uh, is kind of scary. So, um, but that decision was made for me. Uh, I was quit fired. Mm. Um, yeah. And then I had some legal problems and I had lost on that one. And then on top of that, I was getting sued for half a million dollars. Whoa. I mean, there, yeah, there was a lot going on. Like I could have, I could have had my mom lose her house because of me. It was, it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. Um, and I was like, oh shit, this is, this is terrible. Um, I guess I should figure myself out. But all I did was just wallow and like go into this spiral of dark depression. And I was like, this is, this just can't happen anymore. One day I was like, I remember I was wasted and lying down on the floor, just the bare floor. I was like, something needs to change. And then um, I said, um, if, well, the, damn it, Alexa. So helpful. <laughs> I, um, I said to myself, if, if something comes to me and it comes to me three times, I'm going to go and do it. Um, lo and behold, um, one time my mom calls me and says, oh, my friend went on something called El Camino de Santiago. And then I was helping my another friend move out the next day uh, from because he had just broken up with his ex and he was talking about it. And I was like, what the fuck? And then finally, um, again, the next night I was drunk and on the floor saying something needs to change. And uh, my mom's like, comes up to me and goes, hey, do you want to go to El Camino de Santiago? I was like, you know what? Yes. And uh, I decided to walk 500 miles in northern Spain uh, through, through a hike and um, while I was there, I was thinking about what I wanted to do because um, all this shit fell on me right when I was trying to build out something where the rules are not applied to me from a corporate or almost school-like situation. I wanted it where it was more natural, where people didn't have to be afraid of each other, uh, afraid of uh, someone narking them out to another employee or, or people like passing on gossip or anything like that. I wanted a system that was more holistic uh, where even if we're stressed, we we're stressed together rather than uh, piling everything on and expecting this one person to be the pillar. And um, during that 500 miles, I really got to figure out what that was and what was important to me. Because when you're um, when you have nothing but a backpack on your back, you 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 start to realize what's important, especially when it comes to human interaction and uh, mm -hmm. what keeps you sane. And uh, yeah, I came back broke as hell. <laughs> And I was like, what am I going to do? And um, uh, from there, I, I just put my head down and put myself on all the freelance websites and then got a few clients from there. And uh, then in, in three months, I hired my first two employees. 
And we started building a system after I taught them how things were going. And it was a big cultural shock because one's from Serbia, one's from Russia. And um, besides, luckily there's no language barrier. They're, they're well-educated over there. Um, it, was, it was the idea of mentality that we had to figure out. Mm. And um, that's really been the focus. And I, I've been really fortunate. Uh, yeah, I mean, we made more money this year. We, we probably made double this year than last year, despite the pandemic, which is really good. And we're really eyeballing uh, making double or triple that this year. So, Dude, yeah. I think, I think that there are a couple of things that I want to highlight inside of that, but like huge growth. And it's really funny because I remember just a few minutes ago, you were downplaying your success. I'm not successful yet. And I, I relate to that. And yet I look at the numbers on paper and you've doubled and doubled again and you're on pace to double again, which is amazing. Um, it's, well, it's easy to double when you start from zero. <laughs> <laughs> double zero is still zero. Yeah, that's true. But, but yeah, but, but yeah, I, I feel like I, I relate to that so much because like when I, when I look at my own life, like I see, hey, I'm not successful. But then I look at what I have in the bank and I look at my client list and I've got like eight clients, you know, and I That's charge awesome. an unreasonable amount of money for my time. And, and I think to your earlier point about mindset, like I still have the mindset that I'm not successful yet. And so that's how it occurs like all the time. And when I look at you, I see someone who's like aggressively, aggressively growing in a market that's highly competitive. So it, I thought that it was so appropriate that that's the territory that we got into. Um, but before we explore that a little bit more, and maybe this is related, it, everything that you told me, like how you move from a customer service position to a marketing position, pretty uncommon. Curing your own diabetes by doing your own research, doing El Camino, which, dude, you, you like talked about that 500 miles like it was no big deal, but like I remember seeing you physically transformed after you came back. Like you were like a different person <laughs> um, and you walked it all by foot. Yeah. Um, so what did, who is it about who you are or like, what is it about who you are that allowed you to make those leaps that you did? Like, what do you think the secret sauce is about your, your approach? I, uh, <clears throat> well, I think there's, there's a couple things. One is I'm very lazy. <laughs> yeah um you know you know what's really hard to do it's it's being a despot um mm. that's really hard to do because it takes a lot of mental energy and you're trying to essentially form reality into your image which is never going to work it, it, it's a fool's errand to be despotic and also like trying to play within rules uh like oh this is how business should be run this is how um you have to conduct yourself as a CEO. That that shit went out the window a long time ago when the first CEO started wearing flip flops, you know, um, <laughs> and that was a long time ago. There is no such thing as propriety. Like uh, for for the most part, I think if you're lazy, you you just go with the flow, which is interesting. And um, along with that, you have no choice but to trust. Um, for for your initial question going back to uh what you asked i think it was a matter of trusting i don't know what you want to call it the universe god or whatever um i i set my standard i said if it happens three times i'm gonna go and it was very unlikely that would happen but like if it did happen um you just go 
that's that's all you have to do. You just do it. Um, and I think that's that's really important. Again, um, I think we're all taught to have that mindset of being stuck because again, uh, what happens when you get your first job? You get your first uh, consistently reoccurring paycheck, right? Yep. So you, essentially you're tethered to something, your human capital and uh, your human capital is guaranteed as long as you stay in, in this company. Uh, but you, meanwhile, a lot of times you're, you're going through rules again, like, oh, next I have to get a girlfriend, watch some sports and talk about sports. I don't know. Um, get a house and get married, right? Um, well, that's not realistic. This, that's not reality. <laughs> I mean, those, those are ancient trends that probably didn't exist for more than, I don't know, what, 100 years now compared to the whole timeline of humanity. Mm. You, have to, you have to go with the situational flow. And um, one thing that you have to realize is that the standard rules don't apply when it comes to developing your own happiness, at least for me. Ooh. I know some, yeah, I, I think um, some people, uh, whether it's because it's anxiety driven or what, um, have to have everything in place, have to have the structure to, it has to work for them. But then the question is, are they truly happy or are they just like really satisfied with putting a puzzle together? A puzzle that doesn't necessarily belong to their life, like how their life could really. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so. Going back to your statement yeah i'm just lazy <laughs> <laughs> i i heard a couple of things in there that i really resonated with and i think the, the first piece that i heard was letting go of con the need to control you mentioned like it's it takes a lot of energy to be a despot um i'm hearing that you were letting go of things need to be done a certain way um the quote that really stood out to me was around how happiness is, is sort of like a custom process. It's not, I can't follow someone else's template for happiness and find my own happiness. And if I'm hearing you right, what you're saying is that a lot of us get stuck in that. We see that someone else was successful that way, and then we follow their path. And what we have is the satisfaction of progression, but there's like a lack of authenticity there. And that is sometimes like a really hollow victory. Sure. Um, I think a lot of founders uh, hear that all the time. Oh, in their heads. I mean, um, they they have something called imposter syndrome, right? It, it, it goes across every person who starts a business unless they're a sociopath. <laughs> but that at some point they doubt themselves and uh, they wonder, what am I doing? Like, I'm recreating something, but it's not like I learned how to do it from scratch either. Um, and you're not sure because you're, you're essentially birthing new ideas and new methods. Um, sure, you might have brought some stuff from the old company, but um, you never know once you strike out on your own if you're doing it right or not. But you also know from your previous job experiences that um, bosses are never 100% right. Structures are never 100% right. So it's okay, as long as we're okay with making mistakes and we're lazy enough to realize, oh, well, this isn't working. Let's go a different direction. <laughs> <laughs> then, um, then I think it, it kind of pans out. It's pretty cool. Mm. Like, oh man, so much of this mirrors like what I was going through when it comes to like dating and then having to rediscover that when it came to business was a big shocker because like it felt familiar. Like when I was learning how to date, it was, hey, there are these pickup artists. They seem to be dating like 18 women at the same time. 
I want some fraction of that success. So let me, let me copy them and I'm going to like memorize these openers and uh, learn to hold eye contact for three to four seconds at a time, mirror their body language. <laughs> really? Those yeah. For, oh, God. It's, it's horrible, right? And like there's yeah. also the win friends and influence people like yeah. just keep people talking about themselves. People like the sound of their own voices and it's like this inauthenticity there. Like I'm asking questions, but I don't give a shit. And having to come around and discover like, Hey, that was someone else's formula for success that works for them, but you're not them. So this is going to backfire on you a lot. And you're going to do this for 12 years before you finally get it. And then having right. to take it to, to business was like, Oh, this also applies to sales. Everything is human connection. Right. There'd be no economy without people. Don't care how many AI is out there or how many robots or whatever. There'd be no economy without people and there'd be no jobs without people. So <laughs> human, human connection is probably the most important thing I'd say. Hmm. This, this is huge. Cause I feel like, like within marketing, it's really dominated by people who are like, yo, you need a funnel and a video sales letter and you got to make sure that you create scarcity. And like, it's this formulaic thing. So like, how do yeah. you, how do you navigate that and run a successful marketing agency? Um, okay. So um, the primary question I asked myself when I first started out on this was, um, do I want to get up in the morning and be okay <laughs> with myself? <laughs> oh my God. Um, so many agencies drop the ball. They, uh, as they grow, unfortunately, a lot of this stuff isn't scalable because of exactly what you said, the human connection. So, so I guess the final question would be like, how do we get in front of the right people? So we only think about intent. We don't care about anything else. Like I know a lot of people are thinking about like high volume and all this other stuff, but we, we care about intent. And when we craft messages, we, we really focus on um, crafting it so that it's a positive message that um, essentially the company is rooting for them and that uh, that they are special and they are exclusive. Uh, it's, it's still somewhat manipulative, I would say, but at the same time, it isn't depending on the product because we only want to be showing up in front of people who have a use for the client product. Right. And then we want to make sure that we're giving them the information that they need as best as we can. Um, but in a more holistic way, it, it's tough. I'm, I'm more focused on uh, getting like the comp my clients, sorry, uh, to understand how important it is to actually have messaging that doesn't sound robotic um, to actually sound like uh, they are, um, represented behind actionable, but also relatable words and images and messages. And I think that's, that's kind of where we go. Um, having a funnel doesn't work if the message sucks and, uh, having a funnel doesn't work if you're, you're targeting the wrong people. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's hard to say, uh, we, we go by the 80, 20 rule on a lot of our execution. And the, the primary thing that I'm asking myself is, um, instead of using this checklist, this templated checklist, what's going to make the most impact for the client? And um, in that sense, what's going to make the most impact for the possible purchaser too? And and you kind of trickle it up that way. Mm. Did that answer anything? 
I think so. Let, let me see if I fully got it. Cause like I'm in my head, what I'm digging for is the difference between your approach and how everyone else seems to pursue it. Mm. And I, I think what I'm getting is that you are, you're coming from intent and a lot of, a lot of what you're up to is making sure that it's not like you're convincing. It's more like you're providing what people are looking for. So are you, is that, is that right? Right. Um, uh, if it, if it's coming from that angle, it's basically the difference is that I don't try to sell something that a client doesn't need. Mm. And on the inverse, I try to make sure that what, when the client's selling to a customer, they're not selling something the customer doesn't need. How do you, how do you figure that part out? Like, I imagine that a lot of new business owners or people who are listening right now are like, Oh, I'm not really sure if what I do is the necessity. Like how do, how do I create something that someone actually would benefit from? And I, well, I think, go ahead. Yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on the type of business, right? If it's a trade, like you're, you're a bookkeeper or you cut hair or you take care of bees, like that necessity is there. It's, it's already ingrained. People need a haircut. People need their finances checked because our tax system is so convoluted and, <laughs> and we need people love almonds. So we need beekeepers, right? Um, <laughs> the question is, okay, well, let's say it's some kind of weird company that does middleware management. And you're like, well, what the hell is middleware management? Why do people need it? And then you come to the realization, oh my God, everyone's programs are not talking to each other. And these guys can actually put it all together so that when, uh, for some reason, a high rises sprinkler system goes off for no reason, they know why, and they know what thing to replace instead of replacing everything. I mean, that kind of benefit automatically tells you, well, okay, this is going to be really good for people who have really complicated systems. And, um, but it's not necessarily going to be good for someone who has like, I don't know, a ring doorbell in, in front of their office and, uh, two or three wise cameras inside, you know? Um, so we know, okay, that's the figuring out who to target and the intent. And then after you find out the problem that you're solving, you try to make sure that, um, you only target those who have that specific problem. Hmm. Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Like the first piece that you were saying around middleware so software management, yeah. <laughs> like it shows yeah. the hardest example. Dude, <laughs> I, can't, I can't even remember what you said. It's like so obscure. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, but I guess what I'm getting from that is you take something that is obscure and then you make it transparent to the average person. Like, this is what it could provide for you directly. This, and, this is how it benefits you. And you're definitely someone who needs it. Like, <laughs> you're like, you are definitely someone who needs it versus if it's someone who, um, again, doesn't really match that profile. We don't even try to target them. A lot of people try to go too broad with what they're doing. And honestly, it's a waste of time in the short term, maybe in the long term, as you grow different packages or different product lines, then it's a different thing. But yeah. What would you, what would you recommend for someone who's now like in this crazy effed up economy, trying to start up their own side hustle or their own business, like from scratch, is there any advice that you would give them or things for them to look out for? Um, I think the primary thing that everyone's going to say to you, no matter what is just take the first step. Doesn't matter. Don't 
don't consider the name. Don't spend too much time over the name. I mean, mm. don't spend too much time about setting up an LLC or the tax structure. Just start off. You can be a sole proprietor. You don't need any documents. That's all you got to do. Just say, I'm J John Q entrepreneur and I am going to do this. And um, I think that if you're not sure, listen to some podcasts like this one or How I Built This by Guy Raz. It's mm. a really good one. Um, or check out your library. Because one really cool thing is a lot of libraries have digital uh, portals and some of them have free access to courses. So let's say you're doing a side hustle where you're selling on Amazon or like, let's say you want to start a beauty brand or something like that. There are actually literal courses that teach you for like a couple hundred bucks how to, how to make your own and source your own organic products to make cosmetics. Really? Wow. I've, yeah. I've been missing out. <laughs> yeah. But uh, besides that, I mean, let's say uh, it really depends. Like if you want to sell a product, that's one or create product, that's one way. If you want to learn a trade, yeah, a lot of these libraries have access to sites like Udemy for free. Really? Yeah, there is no, the only the only barrier to entry at this point is a computer, but you can get a Chromebook for a hundred dollars, and it'll work just fine. So, don't 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 fret too much on like getting the best stuff. If you have something existing, just use it and just take the first step. And then if you're like if you're like me um, and you're a little shy and you don't know how to do outreach, then figure out a platform that that'll work for you where you can find your first few clients. Man, uh, so much to echo here. I, I think I want to I want to piggyback off of what you're saying, just like initial mistakes. It's like I remember when I was starting up my first like dropshipping business, sending stuff to Amazon, I was doing like uh, minimalist wallets, like travel wallets made out of metal that I got from like Alibaba. And I got so stuck on the logo and then the name, um, and like trying to make sure that I had like the perfect game. I set up an LLC. I, I set up, uh, tax nexus in like 16 different States or something like that. Like I did Jeez. so much paperwork and then what I didn't do was like pay attention to how I wanted to launch that business. So I like sent out free samples for people and they reviewed them, but Amazon was like, yo, you got those for free. So we're going to remove all these reviews. And then I just had like negative reviews for competitors. So like I just destroyed my own business because I was really focused on, I think the process of it, like the things that would make me into like an official business rather than, the foundational stuff, which you're talking about here, take actions, don't get hung up on uh, the website or having the exact right thing. Just do your research and then find an audience who is ready to listen to you that treats you like an authority figure. Yeah, I mean, you don't even have to be an authority figure. You, you can be honest and be like, hey, I, I just started this, but I really believe in this product. Um, uh, I recently, so are you familiar with Aslo? Mm, I want to say yes, but I think the answer is actually no. Okay, AZLO, it's, it's a, one of those startup business banking account companies, really awesome. But uh, their parent company is, is getting bought out or sold to someone else. So on Reddit, um, people were like, oh, shoot, this is going to go away. What's an alternative? And this one company called 
I'm not going to say the company's name, uh, the founder of the company, and I guess one of their right-hand people kept on saying, oh, check out our bank, check out our bank, check out our bank, mm. check out our bank. And uh, the result was people saying, shut the hell up. <laughs> like, I mean, cool that you're really being proactive, I guess, uh, on telling everyone about your bank, but um, there's a limitation. You can't sound, you can't sound disingenuous. Like it got to the point where I actually like the feature of this bank. Um, I'm willing to pay the monthly fee, but I, I was just so turned off by what, what happened there. Yeah. You don't have to be an authority figure. You can just, you know, casually mention it here and there, uh, but make it organic. Yeah. And what do you think the secret to having it be organic is at least from your perspective? Well, um, actually it being a good answer in the context of the question or the discussion. And um, I think it would have really helped that bank if they launched and they had a lot of people who loved their service so much that they just naturally talked about it in that, in that discussion board, which didn't happen. Um, so either they're missing features or they, don't have the right audience. I don't know what it is. It, it's hard, man. Um, like, cause depending on the industry, it's always going to be difficult. Like for example, your, your metal wallet thing. Um, I'm, I'm assuming it had RFID blocking. It was slim. Yeah. Uh, did it float in water or <laughs> I, I never tested that, but I suspect the answer is no. Okay. Well, that's not a bad thing. Like if I drop my wallet in the river, at least it'll stay in that one spot, hopefully. That's true. It's <laughs> true. Yeah, I mean, sounds like it'd be a pretty reliable outdoor wallet. Um, I would probably create a campaign where I tested it outside with my friends and had a lot of fun while doing it and just sharing it around the, that network. Uh, and it, it would probably be really stupid. And But the thing thing is like I had fun so that's what I care about. And yeah, in the end, I, I need to make money off it. Sure. Because I'm sure you poured a lot of money to buy the batches and send it over to an Amazon warehouse or something on top of all the paperwork. So I get that. But you, you if you're not having fun uh, once in a while, then um, I think you have to reassess how you're approaching it. I know the stress is real and the obligations are real and debt is real. But you you have to have some fun like uh recently i realized i need to get like more clients so i i started doing something for myself what i did for my customers i, I set up a cold email sequence and it was what i put in there was so boring that i started just writing the craziest shit i could and just <laughs> cackling for three hours and I sent it and it didn't work, but you know, I had fun. And like that, that allowed me to like, kind of like get out the, I guess the jitters, you know? And then I could actually focus on, okay, here's what all the crazy shit I wrote, but there's actually some good points here. Let's use that and let's, let's go from there. Yeah. I, I think that like so much of the success that businesses see is based off of the vibe that we put out and like with the example of the wallets, I wasn't like enthusiastic about them. I wasn't like some wallet aficionado. Like 
was just trying to sell them for a quick buck. So the the idea of like having fun to make a commercial and just like dick around with them and make a video with friends never occurred because it was just not something I was lit up by. And I think that's like kind of a pitfall that a lot of people fall into. And I'm, I'm glad that you pointed that out. Right. I mean, there are some other, F and you know, what's really weird about this, Rob. Um, today, you are the second person to talk about uh, FBA dropshipping. So I think this is a sign. <laughs> if, if I get a third one, um, I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> um, okay. Anyways. Uh, oh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, authenticity, actually interested in product and intent. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, not to say that like, you know, you can, you can be like a strategic FBA, like a strategic side hustle seller. Like, you know, people are looking for uh, this product or this service. Um, you don't have to be excited about it. You just need to know how to get in front of people. If you're in sales, you already know how to convince people, hopefully. And, um, that's fine. You don't have to necessarily be like enthusiastic about your product or anything like that, but it does help is, is what I'm saying. It does help a lot, especially if you're starting out. Yeah. I think, I think it's critical, especially for like stuff, like as personal as like coach coaches are like the new thing that everyone's trying to jump in on. And if you're not stoked about your coaching business and it's just coming from survival, it's really, really, really hard to get clients like that. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the balance, right? Like, because you need to survive, you do something new a lot of the times, Yeah. but when you're doing something new, you have to look at it from beyond survival it's a it's like a catch-22 yeah yeah that's how you just take the step mm. oh that, that was gonna be my follow-up so i was gonna say how do you get past how do you advocate for people to get past that survival part and is your answer is your answer that hey you just take the action and then you find your way yeah you take the action because um it doesn't matter under how many gurus that you study mm -hmm. How many one thousand dollar courses that you get a fifty percent discount to 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 hear about this mastermind telling you about how to how to be successful or rich? Um, in the end, if you don't do it, you won't know the things that you need to figure out. Because mm. uh, the guru can tell you everything. The guru could have like five hundred hours of videos, but that person's journey is not your journey. Um, when you go forward, you're going to learn things that get, you're going to be like, oh, I fucked up here. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's make sure that doesn't happen. How do I, what do I need? What does the client need? What does the customer need? Um, what do I need to figure out? And then you start holistically building out responses to real issues that could commonly come up over and over again. And damn, all of a sudden you have a process that's just freaking amazing you don't have to be smart you just have to be reactive mm. how do you know what new direction to take when you're reacting to a potential failure or something that just didn't work you have to be okay with looking at it looking back at it and be realizing oh this is the reason why it happened i feel like a lot of people especially uh, the older generation were just like oh yeah well he's just a so 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 and so you know and they just like <laughs> well they're like oh yeah he just didn't know how to do this kind of thing so whatever uh, uh, you know? and then they just like wash their hands of it as if it's not their fault it's like oh it was the client's mistake or it was just oh 
the industry was just the way it was. Well, that's not true because as you look at your competitors, it's not the same. They are doing okay. Like usually, unless you're in something weird like asbestos. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, um, you, you, I think mistakes are a really great opportunity. Like limitations and mistakes are some of the best things in the world because, okay, let's think about it this way. Let's say you start off, you have no money. You have no startup cost either because you have no money. So you can't spend anything. That really closes out um, the different options. Then you got to ask yourself, okay, what can I do without startup cash? And like you have a, a ladder towards something um, where you don't have to worry about 50 million different directions to go. If you, let's say you first start out and you make a mistake and you, and you figure out that it's a mistake because of this that can be avoided in the future. And actually, um, because you avoid it, you actually end up making a better product or a better uh, solution. Then that means you're gonna become even scarier. Every time you run into a mistake or some kind of gap that you have, you're gonna realize, okay, is this gap real? Or can I figure out another way to get around that gap? And when you figure out that other way, it turns out you're gonna find a solution that is unique to you for the most part, because you have different blocks of solutions that end up coming together to become uh, your your company, your brand, and what makes you special. Mm, yeah, I like so, I like this a lot. Um, do you mind if I jump in here? Yeah, go for it. Like I, I guess what this is bringing up for me is like very very recently I stumbled into the idea that like you know, mistakes don't actually exist. Like it's very possible to exist in a reality where mistakes aren't real but it relies on that approach. It really relies on my ability to look and see, oh, did I get what I want? No, let me build a structure and put it in place so that this doesn't happen again. And I'll continue to honor this structure again and again and again. If it happens again, I'll put another structure in place and we'll continue to look. And with that respect, I found that when I can remember to use that approach, I don't know if it's similar for you, it's, it's much easier for me to just take a risk and do something or make a choice because I, I will trust that it's either going to get me what I want or I'll just get a structure and then I'll be closer to what I want. Yeah, and um, as long as you're not married to those solutions that you create the first time because they're not going to be invincible. Again, I'm lazy. <laughs> hmm. This is this has led to a pretty cool place, um, and I guess then to, to begin to close things out, one is what piece of advice would you give yourself, like back when you were first starting? If there was one piece of advice that you give yourself, what would it be? Nothing. Mm. Honestly, um, I have no regrets on what the way I went forward so there that's that's totally fine sorry that's... someone just walked into my office <laughs> <laughs> yeah i saw you holding up your hand yeah. uh, but I, I think that's killer like that's that's such a cool place to be coming from like there are no regrets who i was back then got me to where i am now and if i hadn't made the mistakes i made i would have been on a completely different path yeah i don't think i don't think it's good it, it's I don't think it's good entrepreneurship to uh, to be like, oh, you 
fucked up in this way or that way though i don't also want to like kind of be not beholden to my mistakes but i think that's the goal like you you want to make mistakes that you're okay with mm. so don't do something stupid that ruins someone else's life <laughs> <laughs> don't be a dick that's the yeah advice. exactly <laughs> try to be a, the smallest dick possible <laughs> oh that's a podcast title if i ever yeah. heard one yeah that's perfect one second yeah okay so uh, that that's actually that's that's amazing um and really then the only thing that's left is like there there are a lot of people who listen to this podcast and if they wanted to get in touch with you if they're interested in who you are as a human or they wanted to work with you uh what would be the best way to do that um i guess they could go to my website which is really hard to remember <laughs> and if you can find it that must mean that you are we are meant to work together so just so you know <laughs> I'm going to make my mystical voice appear right here. Um, it's lfdm.co. That's Larry Frank David Mark.co, not.com.co. Brilliant. And that'll yeah. be in the comments or in the description. Um, you can catch that right at the top. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, dude, it's been brilliant. I, I think that we we delivered. Well, not we. Why am I including myself here? You this delivered. Is a team effort. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, this was a good conversation. And I think it covered off on some stuff that I wasn't aware of. You brought to light a lot of things that I haven't had to consider for a really long time. Uh, not like from that beginner perspective. How do I start fresh? Where do I usually fail? Everything that you brought up was really relevant. So I appreciate you sharing your knowledge and talking about how you built from like the worst case scenario, like being super sued, not being in a good place to running a successful company. That was brilliant. Thank you. Yeah, no, I've been fortunate. I think gratitude is huge for sure. Um, thank you. You're welcome, dude. Love you, man. Love you, man. And I'm leaving that in. That's that's going to oh, okay. stay. That's going to stay. Uh, <laughs> and if you're listening right now, thank you for listening and sticking with us. Um, I hope that you got something out of this. And if you did, um, subscribe that would be that would be very validating um i would love for this to get out to more people and help more struggling entrepreneurs find their way home and create the lifestyle that they love you can yeah. catch us yeah <laughs> so <laughs> so you can catch us next thursday 8 a.m pacific time uh peace now <laughs> that is also staying in <laughs> yeah.